Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games games released each week. You can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus. It's time for banter. A sports show that discusses and debates today's and yesterday's athletes. Who's the greatest boxer? Who's the greatest football player? Who's the greatest baseball player? Let's talk about that and more going on in the sports world now on Panther. Here's your host, Eli Winfrey. What's happening, my good people? Welcome to Banner. We have a great show lined up for you today. A lot of things to get to. This show is a very special uh, episode. I have been talking about possibly uh, hosting more than one show uh, on the weekend. I wanted to get something up and on uh, on these platforms this week. Uh, and uh, today we were able to make that happen. I'm excited about it. Uh, we're going to answer your email questions. Uh, you all do a great job of, of sending me these questions and uh, picking my brain about what's happening in the sports world, what I'm seeing, um, what I'm not seeing. Um, I'm, I'm always asked to give my opinion um, to you, and I am so appreciative of that. Uh, and today, I wanted to reward not just you, but reward myself, right? Uh, we we I do a lot of talking on on a lot of these platforms, whether I'm hosting my own shows or I'm a guest on other shows. And it, it's refreshing when I can sit back and, and, and read some of these email questions, which are uh, funny, by the way. Some of them are, are really funny, um, and some of them are really serious. And uh, it, it, it's really nice to sit back and kind of have a show just centered around, you know, that specifically. And... You know, this show is kind of tailored for that. So I'm excited today. I hope you are as well. Um, I'm going to get into these questions in just a moment. I, I quickly want to talk about um, the second half of the NBA season. I know that uh, it starts tonight and uh, there are a multitude of games uh, that will be played. And, and you're going to start to see some of these guys, some of these teams, uh, settle in and and buckle up as they play for seeding now. And uh, this is when it's going to start to really get serious. And I know I get flagged for from from some of you about not talking about the NBA enough. And and you know, as I stated before, you know the the season doesn't really pick up momentum until after the All Star break, and uh, you really start seeing, you know these players play a bit harder, which 
listen, to each his own. I don't really understand that. But this is the era that we're in. So uh, I'm excited. I hope you are excited about the second half of the NBA season. Uh, I watched the Daytona 500 as well. I'm a big NASCAR fan, folks. I, I just want to, let me, let me put that out there. I know I haven't talked about NASCAR in a long, long time. They kicked off their season last week. And uh, I'm a big Bubba Wallace fan. I, I also like Kyle Busch and uh, Joey Logano. Uh, there are a lot of guys uh, that I, I follow in that sport. Uh, you know, I know it's not a it's it's not a big deal to some of you, but to me it is. So I will be talking about that a little bit more. Uh, they're going to be racing in Atlanta this uh, weekend, uh, and I will definitely be tuned into that that race. Um, I, I I got the bug. When I uh, watched Dale Earnhardt Sr. and uh, I watched his son, Dale Earnhardt Jr., so I, I was able to follow Dale Jr.'s career. And uh, he has a terrific uh, podcast, by the way, uh, that I I like to listen to, but I'm a big fan of that guy. Um, My week has been pretty busy. It's always hectic. I'm always doing something on, on behalf of my nonprofit. We're putting together a... Uh, charity golf event July the 11th is when it will take place at Echo Falls Golf Course uh, I encourage you all if you're in the area uh, to participate proceeds will benefit my nonprofit Team Winfrey uh, which helps families in the community uh, who have, who come from a low income uh, background we help underprivileged youth and children we help advocate for autism so this is a big tournament. Uh, this is a tournament that uh, I was hesitant to bring back because it's really hard to get sponsors. Uh, it's really hard to kind of get those commitments from a lot of folks. And uh, I, I switched it up for for a few years. And my good friend Scott Power really talked me into uh, putting this together. And uh, we're here. Going to have a lot of cool prizes. Uh, but, you know, most importantly, you know, this is for the families in the community. And I'm super excited about that. And, and uh, I won't play in the event. But I will be playing golf this summer. Uh, there, there are a few events that I will uh, host um, as a part of giving back to the community. I'm excited about that. I am going to do my uh, clinic for kids on the spectrum and underprivileged youth. I'm excited about that. Uh, so all that means is that I need to get my butt in shape. <laughs> I know I need to get going. So uh, I, I'm in the process of, of putting a workout plan together to get myself prepared. All right. Beautiful day today. Let's get into some of these questions, folks. As always, I ask you to send me these questions to Elijah.Winfrey at gmail.com and uh, my producer, uh, Greg Nice and I go through the mailbag. He pulls them out now, and he kind of sets them up for me, and uh, we get right into it. This first question is from Paul in New York. And Paul writes, Eli, thank you for reading my question on the air, first of all. I really enjoy your show. Thank you, Paul. What do you make of Tiger's, Tiger Woods' latest withdrawal from his own event? At this point, do you really think he's motivated anymore? Um, great question. Look, I, I've been a big Tiger fan for a long time. Uh, you know, I don't know Tiger the 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 person.
person outside of golf. So, you know, um, the golfer I followed, I, I think as we get older, Paul, we, <laughs> we tend to deteriorate a bit in our skill set and our motivation to do this. Like you got to remember Tiger was on such a routine when he was younger, uh, his workouts and, and the way he would go about his day, he has he has a he has a book out. There's a book that he wrote or he was part of where it talked about his routines. Those were intense. He was chasing greatness. So he sacrificed a lot of his life, you know, for the sport. And I think at some point as you get older, that diminishes a little bit. You know, not the love for the game, but the ability to prepare. Uh, it gets harder and harder. And you got to remember, he's had a multitude of back surgeries. He was in a horrific uh, car accident, uh, which he's very lucky that he survived that. Um, he has a family. You know, his son is in golf. As a matter of fact, I think his son is currently trying to qualify for a PGA Tour event, which is it's it's great that, you know, his son has gotten the golf bug and he's, he's really into it. You know, <laughs> his son's in good hands for sure. Um, I, look, I think when, when Tiger withdraws, I think it's, it's, it's sad. It's disappointing. Uh, this is, this was an illness. You know, I think they said something about, uh, influenza that he, he, he had or whatever. And, um, so I, I, I'm going to wait and see what he does at his next event. I'm, I'm thinking that he may play the players or Bay Hill. Uh, he said he wants to play once a month this year. We'll see. Uh, and, and again, I, I've often questioned his motivation, right? Is he really preparing for these events to, to really be competitive? Uh, and it's difficult, you know, so I don't want to, I don't want to judge him too harshly here. You know, I, I know that it's it's difficult uh, to, as you get older, you know, I feel it every day when I work out and, and I haven't swung a golf club in, in, in almost a year and a half and uh, or in almost a year. And, you know, it's, it's difficult to be motivated. You know, what's his what's his drive at this point? To get one more victory to be the solo wins leader on the PGA tour. Do I think he's going to catch Jack Nicholas? I'm never going to say never, but it's, it's, it's looking like he's not, but it doesn't take away from what he's accomplished. He's still a big draw. Um, uh, television networks still want him. His new clothing line is still going to sell really well. Uh, I do think he'll be competitive at some point. It's, again, I, I don't think you can play the type of schedule he's talking about playing and be competitive. It's just not enough reps to do that. And he's always been about reps. So if he's not going to get the reps, then, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hit and miss. One week he might be on for two or three rounds. But can he close, right? Can he keep that momentum? You know, we just have to wait and see. But that's a, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I, I heard that all last week about, like, oh, here we go with the old Tiger stuff. It, it's sad. It's pathetic. He should retire. Listen, I don't think you – listen, you never retire from golf. That's the one sport you can play for the rest of your life, whether you hit the ball 
300 yards to 10 yards, right? You can get out and walk the course and, 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 and all of that good stuff. So I think he's going to play until he can't. And I think he's going to continue to mentor his, his son, which is a great thing. So I hope that answers your question. All right. Next question is from Justin in Oregon. Justin writes, Eli, do you have any ideas on how we can fix the NBA All-Star game? <laughs> Outside of the three-point contest, it's an absolute mess and a joke. You're absolutely right about it being a mess and a joke. Um, I don't know if you could, if you're going to be able to fix it. Because these guys, they don't want to get hurt. So, so they've lost the competitive desire to compete in those moments. Right. Um, and, and you've seen this, the late great Kobe Bryant has talked about the need to tweak the all-star game to make it more competitive. These guys don't want to compete at the all-star game. Some have, some have gone as far as to say it's, it's just, it's the weekend off. It's, you know, like I don't want to do nothing, you know? So they're there. Some of the guys are, are shooting uh, with their offhand and, and, and not really committed. Um, and I think, you know, some of the fans have, have, have had it, quite frankly. And listen, I understand it. Some of the old uh, ex-players have had it as well. And I love the three-point contest. I think that's the only competitive thing during All-Star Weekend. You can miss me with the slam dunk because I don't get any of that. Like, that's not competitive at all. Shout out to, to Matt McClung, who won it. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a great dunker. I take nothing away from him, but it's lost its, its, its shine. And once the big-name players pulled out of that because they're worried about losing, it just set the whole Saturday night uh, extravaganza back. The game itself, look, <laughs> outside of the introductions <laughs> and the halftime singing, uh, I thought Jennifer Hudson was great. But outside of that, it was it was a mess. It was terrible. Uh, my, my one of my highlights from from the All Star Game was just listening to, to, to Charles Barkley and Draymond Green. Uh, go back and forth and roasting each other, you know. Uh, I thought that was the one of the highlights for me uh, outside of that in the three-point contest. So I think maybe they make more make it more of a skills challenge kind of thing where it's three-pointers, it's mid-range, a mid-range contest. You can go there. Uh, but these guys just aren't, you know, they're not going to risk injury. That's where we are. They're worried about getting hurt, right? So, so uh, some of them are missing the reason why they're there. So I, I, I hope that they can get a fix on it. Uh, but I think we can all agree it's just, it's just not good. It's not worth watching. It's, it's like, it's like the NFL Pro Bowl. Like these guys now are playing uh, flag football. Right, because they don't want to get hurt. Contract year, 
some pull out because they don't want to be there, you know, just to even think about the 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 emphasis of getting hurt. And you can it, listen, you can get hurt at any moment. You can get hurt in training, whatever. I I just think we focus so much on injuries that we we start to lose uh, the importance of the game and why we're all there and why the fans are there. We want to see the best against the best, and we don't get that anymore. So I don't know what they do, uh, I, but I'm gonna I'm anxious to see what uh, uh, what the commissioner does about it and and uh, and the next steps in that process. All right, next question is from Ron in Minnesota. And Ron writes, Yo, Eli, what's the deal with J.J. Reddick? Why is he so angry? And why is he and other ex-players, why do they go after Doc Rivers with such disgust? You know what, um, Ron? I don't know. I, I think some of them have an axe to grind, and they get on they get on TV, and they get in these analyst positions or these commentating positions, and they take shots at, at current players, former players. Um, sometimes I feel like everybody wants to be Charles Barkley. And the thing I, I've, I've said about Charles Barkley for years is, is Charles is honest. Uh, he doesn't really, he doesn't get personal. I've never seen him get personal. Um, Charles is not afraid to take the hits as long as he's being honest and genuine. Uh, he doesn't seem angry at any specific players or coaches. Um, I think J.J. Reddick, you know, you some of you have seen him on first take, and he has a podcast. And listen, I I don't I don't um, dislike J.J. Reddick. I don't, but it just sounds like sour grapes when when he starts to talk about Doc Rivers and and you know. Um, what Doc isn't doing. Uh, and, and he's not the only one who takes shots at Doc. I've seen a lot of other players do this as well. And, and I, I don't understand what the issue is with Doc Rivers. I would hope that they would talk to Doc man to man and iron that out instead of, you know, kind of airing Doc out. I will say uh, Doc's son, Austin Rivers, did come to Doc's defense and respond to J.J. Redick. Uh, so did uh, Patrick Beverly. And now you're, you're getting this back and forth between J.J. and those guys. And it's, it's not good. Um, J.J. Reddick was a, he wasn't a, I don't think he was an all-star. J.J. Reddick was a good player. He wasn't a great player. He was a serviceable player. He bounced, he bounced around on a couple of teams. I think some of these guys because of that, when they do get in these roles, they have an axe to grind and they, they go after folks who they think held them back. Now, I don't know whether or not that that happened with he and Doc, but it just seems that he has uh, issues with Doc Rivers. And you've seen him animated on TV, you know, talking about the league and, you know, why is his job, why, why is it his job or the players' jobs to educate the fans? It's like, Sometimes I think he misses the mark when I listen to him. Sometimes I think he misses. Sometimes I think he nails it. Um, but I think, you know, this this is only going to get uglier uh, unless they, you know, sit these guys down and talk to them about <laughs> why they're in those positions. Um, and we have to remember, 
whatever we say, good or bad, as a consequence. Whatever we say, good or bad, has a consequence. Whatever I say on this show, somebody's probably going to take it out of context, or somebody's going to play a snippet, or somebody's going to say, oh my goodness, Eli sounds angry at such and such, right? Without listening to the, 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 the full context. But I do know that once I put it out there, there's consequences, good and bad. Some people are going to really like it. Some people are not going to like it. And once it's out there, I'm okay with it. Right? You do what you want with it. But I know what I said and how I said it. So, I, I you know, you're going to get more of these players who come out and, and, and talk. And, you know, I, there are a few other guys that I just really... I, I don't admire, I don't really respect these guys. Uh, I'm not going to give them uh, any, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say their names on the show. Uh, but I think some of these guys portray this tough guy image and they're not. They're not. Some of these guys are straight up bullies. And if you listen to any of my shows, or if you listen to the show last week, I think I said it last week, you'll know who I'm talking about because I did mention uh, one of the names last week on my show. But I think, you know, listen, everybody wants a platform. But some of us don't don't know how to use it the right way. So that's all I'll say about that. I I, I hope that J.J. Reddick and and those guys can, can figure it out. But I just think, you know, it's become more of a personal pulpit for some of those guys to kind of air out their grievances with ex-coaches or ex-players than it is to talk about the actual game. And that's unfortunate that we, we're at that point. It really is. All right, let's take a couple of more questions, all right? Uh, Kevin from Georgia writes, Eli, if you were GM of the Bears, of the Chicago Bears, would you keep the number one pick, trade Justin Fields, or what do you do? Also, how many key players do you think will be franchise tagged? Um, Kevin, this is a great question. Uh, I'm, I'm going to start with the last, the, the latter first, the, the franchise tag. I, I've never understood. I, well, I'm not going to say I never understood. I, I, I do understand the franchise tag and why you do it. And why it's important. I don't like it. <laughs> Though I, I, I just don't like it. I I don't really care for it. I, I think that um you know, once the player has finished the last year of his deal, he should be able, if he's a free agent, to renegotiate with that team or find a new team to play. I've always been uncomfortable with tagging people and telling them you're not going anywhere we're gonna keep you here for another year or two uh, I, I saw that play out with Kirk Cousins and a few other players I you know I think I, I saw it with Saquon Barkley last year and this year I think Saquon will not get tagged I think he's gonna find another team uh, which is good for him and I think that's what we should do with a lot of these players. You know, once they're done and they've served their contract and, 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 and they've held their held up their end of the bargain, they should be allowed to renegotiate or find a new team to play with. 
I would love to see T. Higgins in Kansas City. If you give Patrick Mahomes, T. Higgins, and maybe another uh, good receiver, whew, I do think they three-peat because the defense is good. And I, you know they're going to add a piece or two in the offseason, and they draft well. They've gone younger on the defensive side. But if you get Patrick Mahomes, a T. Higgins, wow. I I, I just, Mike Evans, oof. You don't think the Chiefs are going to be looking at those guys? So I think these guys, I you know, I, I, I'm not, I don't, I understand the franchise tag and why you do it and why it's important. I just don't like it. And if I were GM of the Chicago Bears uh, regarding the Justin Fields and Caleb Williams, listen, uh, I, I hear all the hype about Caleb Williams. I do. I respect it. Um, I think he's a he's a really, really good player. I'm not going to say great. He's a really good player. He did some phenomenal things in, in college football at USC. But he didn't win the big one. They were not very good this year. There were games where he was not very good this year. Do I take him and trade Justin Fields? I don't think so. I like what I'm seeing from Justin Fields. I, I really do. I think he's a phenomenal uh, uh, player. Um, I think you build around him. If you, 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 I think I would use that. I would trade out of that pick for a multitude of picks because I know, uh, the Washington Commanders, they need a quarterback. I know the Minnesota Vikings are going to need a quarterback. Uh, I think there are, are a few teams. Tampa Bay may need a quarterback. So you, you, with those options, I'm trying to trade out of that pick uh, because I want to continue to build the offensive line. I, I need another uh, a wide receiver. Um, I need to shore up the defense. You know, I need a lot of, I need some pieces. So if I get, if I get Caleb Williams, if I were to draft Caleb Williams and I trade Justin Fields to uh, 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 the commanders, uh, what am I going to get in return? What's better? Can I trade out of that pick and get a multitude of picks to kind of help my team and then uh, uh, sign some players in free agency? Or do I take Caleb Williams, find a suitor for Justin Fields, right? Uh, and and am I going to get the things that I need to surround Caleb Williams with? I don't know. I'm trading out of that pick, though. Because I have my franchise quarterback. That's who I wanted. I don't think it's his fault that they've been they played poorly on offense. I think they don't have a number one receiver. No disrespect to DJ Moore, but he's not a he's not a bona fide number one receiver. You're not game planning around stopping DJ Moore. Now I know there's some Chicago Bear fans who's gonna uh who's gonna send me a message or <laughs> gonna at me here. And I have a friend who I, I mentored quite a bit. He just graduated from uh, UNLV. Great kid. Great, absolutely great kid. Um, he's going to be a, a golfing professional a teacher. Uh, 
but he's a big Chicago Bear fan. And I know if he's listening to the show, he's he's grunting and moaning and carrying on about, you know, <laughs> my opinion, because he doesn't agree with it. But I think Justin Fields is, I think he's the future in Chicago. You just got to build around him. We're so quick to say it didn't work after two years. Let's scrap it. Let's bring in Caleb Williams. But what happens if Caleb Williams doesn't work either? Now you really set your franchise back. You have something in Justin Fields. Just continue to work with that. It's a diamond in the rough. It's a process. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Take your time in developing these players. You see them flash in college and you think, well, they're going to get to the pros and, and do the same thing. Some of them don't do that. Some of your favorite players who were top picks, they didn't flash. Pay attention to the draft. Go back and watch. We want instant success. We don't build anymore. That's the problem. We want it right now. If it's not right now, we're going to scrap it and we, we'll, we'll find somebody else that can do it right now. There are no guarantees in any of that. So take your time and build. It's important that you do that. It really is. So that's what I would do if I was GM. I would trade out of the pick to get more picks because you know people are going to call you and offer you the moon and the stars. And if I were GM, I'm listening because somebody's going to ring my bell and I'm going to be like, yep, that's what I want. Great question, Kevin. Next question is from Cindy in Missouri. Cindy writes, Eli, I'm a longtime listener of your show and I think you are doing a wonderful job. Cha-ching. Thank you, Cindy. My question is, what do you think of the latest NCAA college football format for next season? Does it favor a particular conference, and is it too many games? Okay, Cindy, I think you're, you're referencing the um, college football playoff and them adding 12 teams this upcoming season. Uh, I Listen, I like the format. Do I think it's too many games? Um you can you can definitely debate that, uh, and I I wouldn't have much to say if that were the case. Uh, I, I think we do have to be careful, but I do like the format. I, I do think now with with the twelve team format in place, I don't want to hear any more excuses about you know such and such team didn't get in right. They they've gone from the top four to twelve. So this should put to bed all of this other stuff about this conference didn't get in or this team didn't get in and they were undefeated and, and they should have had a shot. Now, you you 12 teams, play your way in. 12 teams. There's no reason we should have any more uh, uh, debate about this team didn't get in that should have gotten in. We may argue about seeding and who should be playing who. But you're going to take the 12 teams now, the 12 best college football teams, and line them up. I like that. I think it's a great idea. You know, I've heard rumblings that they may go to 16. No, we don't need that many. No, 12 is good. Let's cap it there. And now let's, let's, let's see how this plays out. 
Let's see where where some of these teams who have been uh, frustrated about not making it. Let's see where they go from here. It's going to be exciting. I'm sure my Georgia Bulldogs will be somewhere in the mix. I'm pulling for Coach Prime in Colorado to be somewhere in the mix. They're in a new conference. How will the Huskies rebound? They lost the coach, players, transferring. Like it's it's, it's going to be a big shakeup. Alabama. What do you expect from Alabama this year? You know, with Nick Saban gone, like, what do you expect is going to happen? I'm so curious about that. Because I don't think they're going to be really good this year. And I think leaving, losing Nick Saban to retirement, it's going to be a big deal. So I, I like the format, Cindy. We'll see how it plays out. Next question is from Xander in Las Vegas. Xander writes, Eli, do you think Francis Ngannou has any chance against Anthony Joshua March 8th? Oh, boy. Yes. Ngannou, Francis Ngannou, when he fought Tyson Fury, uh, I think he, he... he showed that he belongs in the ring with these heavyweights. Now, I'm just going to say this. I know you're going to give me flack. I'm here for it, so bring it. I don't think Tyson Fury was really prepared for Francis Ngannou. I don't think he took him serious. I just don't. I I, I don't. I think he thought he's going to go in. He's going to be the quicker fighter. He's going to be able to get him out of there. And when he was knocked down, he realized, oh my goodness, this dude, is not messing around. And I think it helped Francis Ngannou to have Mike Tyson in his corner, just like it's going to help him against uh, Anthony Joshua to have Mike Tyson in his corner. And I think Ngannou is for real, and I think he's found his niche now. Do I think he goes back to UFC? No. Never say never. But I give him a great chance against Joshua. Joshua doesn't have a great chin. I've seen Joshua lose and be knocked down a multitude of times. I've seen him hurt. I've seen him tired. It's going to be a good fight. And if 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 Francis Ngannou, um, if he if he if he if he approaches this fight and he does well, again he becomes a bigger draw. Win or lose, if he wins. Sky's the limit. It'll set Anthony Joshua back. Right? And if Nganu loses, they're going to say, well, you know, he's still adjusting. He's still coming along. At some point, it's going to pop for him and then boom. But he's getting these big money fights now. Which is what boxing desperately needs still. Is to have these big money fights. Some of these guys are just talking and whatever. So, I, I'm I'm going to watch it because I'm I'm curious to see how he does uh, in his second uh, fight. Let's take two more questions. This next question is from Eddie in Louisiana. Eddie writes, "Yo, Eli, do you dislike Ryan Garcia? You seem a little moody whenever you talk about him. What's your issue?" Okay, Eddie. 
Um, I do not have an issue with Ryan Garcia. I like him. I think he's a decent fighter. I don't think he's a great fighter, at least not yet. He's a decent fighter. I think I think he's more, unfortunately to me, he's more show, more flash than he is, you know, um, you know, being super competitive against top tier competition. You saw that with Tank. And I've seen all of his Instagram or YouTube or whatever you want to call them videos of him displaying his hand speed. That's great when nobody's in front of you. When you're hitting the speed bag, I got a video of me hitting the speed bag. I look all right. Now, I'm I'm nowhere near as fast as Ryan Garcia. But I can hold my own against something that doesn't hit back, doesn't move side to side or back and forth. You know, I think Again, a lot of the stuff that he does is for, unfortunately, clicks. It's for followers. I think he's a talented fighter. Yes. Am I ready to put him in the top five of, of this era? No. Who's he beating? I'll wait. Let me take another sip of my coffee while you ponder that. But who is he beating? Tell me that. I'm still waiting. He hasn't beaten anybody. He was stopped by Tank Davis, right? His only real big fight. I've seen him look decent in other fights. He's beating um, um, lesser tier talent. He's supposed to beat those guys. He's fighting Devin Haney. Let's see how he does against Devin Haney. If he does well against Devin Haney, then maybe I will say, you know what? He's the... He's the real deal. He can do this, right? Well, listen, he can do this, but, you know, I, I look at him differently. But until he does that, you know, I, I, I'm I, not a, I'm a fan, but I'm not a big fan. I'm not. But I don't have anything against him. I don't. Last question is from Tracy in Seattle. And Tracy writes, Eli. Give me your top five starting five in the NBA of all time and your top five boxers as well. I really enjoy your show. Oh, Tracy, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Um, yeesh. My top five uh, NBA players of all time, my starting five. <sighs> I'm going to go Michael Jordan. Magic Johnson. Two. Um, I'm gonna go at center. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Kareem at center. I love Shaq, one of the, the most dominant force in his era. But I'm gonna go Kareem. You had an unblockable shot. That Scott Hook, you could not block that. Um, that's three, four. Um, gosh. LeBron James five Kobe Bryant those are my five you dig and I'm, I'm gonna rock with that my top five boxers of all time it okay so it's 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 kind of difficult to, 
to, to answer this question. So I'm going to try to do it this way. Okay. Cause I, I'm a big, I'm a big Muhammad Ali fan. And, um, I didn't get to see him live. I saw some of his stuff as I got older, but he was a much older fighter, but in his prime, I didn't get to see, I only see highlights and, and I played back fights and he was great. But the fighters that I saw that I grew up with in my era, uh, I think, to me, Roy Jones Jr. is the best fighter I've ever seen in my era, in my lifetime. He's the best fighter I've ever seen. That's one. Marvin Hagler is two. Sugar Ray Leonard is three. Um, Mike Tyson is four. My fifth? My fifth? I'm going to say... I'm going to say Pernell Whitaker is my fifth. Like, those are my top five. And it, and it may change. It just depends on what day you're asking. i tell you what won't change. Roy Jones will always be in that. Let me just say that. But that's kind of hard because I, I have different criteria, and we'll get into that at some point down the, down the line. I got a friend who's a, who's a big boxing fan. I'm going to try to get him on the show at some point, and we're going to talk about this for sure. All right? That's it for questions, folks. And listen, that is it for the show, unfortunately. Uh, we've gone pretty long today, and uh, I, I, it, it, it's been exciting for me. I've enjoyed this. Love answering your questions. Continue to send them in, and we'll continue to do our best to get them on. All right? Get out in your communities and check in on your family and friends. Put a smile on someone's face doesn't take a lot of energy to do that at all, all right? I appreciate the love and support. It really means a lot. Thank you for listening to Banter. Please be sure to download this show wherever you download your favorite podcast. Till next week, take care. God bless. 